59 years ago today, a day much like today, this church was locked. It was empty. The altar was bare. There were no candles lit. The tabernacle was simply an empty box. There were no lights on. Outside the main doors of the church, over there on the west, a crowd gathered, led by a bishop. His name you find on that gray stone sunk in the floor at the head of that aisle, which commemorates this day 59 years ago. The bishop entered this church, unlocking the door, and came in, and one of the first things he did was take holy water and sprinkle it around all of the walls of the church and on the altar to purify it, to baptize it. And then after the readings had been heard and he had preached a homily, he went forward towards the altar, that bare stone bit of granite that up until then was simply a big block. And he took the holy oil of chrism that is blessed on Holy Thursday morning and used for the sacraments of confirmation and ordination. And he poured that oil all over the surface of the altar as if to give the altar the sacrament of confirmation and ordination. And then he went around and he anointed the walls of this church with that same sacred chrism in 12 specific locations that now are marked by the 12 crosses you see above you. And from them hang candles to remind us that St. Paul teaches that the church is founded on the 12 apostles. Those 12 candles represent the apostles whose teaching and witness of the risen Lord are at the very basis of our faith. And after the bishop had anointed the walls of this church together with its altar, a pile of incense was placed upon the altar and set alight, reminding us of the great passage from the Old Testament, let my prayers arise before you like incense. To remind us that on this altar, not only will the power of the sacraments be present, 
but it represents for us the place where we bring our prayers to God. And after all that happened, the altar was cleaned and linen was put on it for the first time so that it would always be appropriately dressed. Except, as you know, on those two awful days, Holy Thursday night and Good Friday, when the altar is stripped and is once again bare. And on that altar are chiseled five crosses on its surface, one in each corner and one in the center, to represent the five wounds of Jesus Christ. For in some mysterious way, the altar itself becomes, if you will, a representation of Christ, because on it the bread and wine is offered, which is his own sacrifice, and becomes literally his body and blood. And in the center of that altar, in a little niche, were placed relics of martyrs to remind us that in its early years, when the church was experiencing intense and cruel persecution, Christians had to worship in secret. And so they went into the catacombs, those burial chambers of ancient Rome, and they celebrated the Mass by placing the bread and wine on the coffins of dead, martyred Christians. And so through all the ages, the tradition has been that the altar of sacrifice in the church should contain a relic of the martyrs to remind us of those days and to be an ever-present symbol of martyrdom witness to Christ as the ultimate vocation of all of us. Then the bishop celebrated Mass on that altar for the first time, and at the end of Mass he took some of that consecrated bread that had been blessed at the Mass, and he carried it in solemn procession over to the tabernacle because it was no longer just a box but now it contained the precious body of Christ to be kept there continually, again, except on those awful days of Good Friday and Holy Saturday, when the church is deprived of its presence of Christ to remind us of his death. That is a very ancient and elaborate ceremony why do Catholics go through this incredibly complicated, mysterious ceremony for a building? Because as the readings indicate to us, this is not just a building. It represents something to us. Remember, in its blessing and anointing, it's treated almost like a person. That's because the word church doesn't just apply to a structure. It applies to you and to me. 
St. Paul makes very clear that what the church really is, is the body of Christ. It is the body of believers gathered together. And there's no place where that is most powerfully presented than when we gather together in a structure like this, dedicated to the worship of God, so that all of us together might join our hearts and spirits in that great act of worship that we are privileged to celebrate here so often. But the church is also special for another reason, and that was what Mr. Nikolai mentioned to you last week. Even when this building is empty, it is full. It is full of the presence of God because it contains within it that consecrated bread of the Eucharist. And so the Spirit of Jesus is present here in a real and substantial way so that if you come in here all alone, you are here with Jesus. That is the great privilege of a church. And the great privilege that all of us has is that this holy place is here, right here, for us, for every one of you, as a refuge, as a place to go, to know that you are loved by God and to know that you belong to a community of faith that will stand with you through all joys and all sufferings. Because that's what Jesus did for us. So as we commemorate this great anniversary, when we were given this precious treasure of a house of God, a place where we can be connected to heaven, Let us ask God's mercy and ask for the fullness of his grace that each of us might grow today and every day in the future closer to him, understanding and experiencing in an ever more real way Christ's presence in our lives and in this place and in one another.